Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman fully tapped into her power, using it to create a massive impact in the world. Kat McDavid is the founder of Incenia, a go-to market consultancy for the healthcare technology sector. She leads the consultancy's market access practice. And in this role, Kat focuses on how the intersection of health technology and policy can support state and super regional efforts to achieve interoperability to improve health outcomes. In addition to the consultancy practice, Kat started the Mothers in Medicine Fund to provide childcare grants to mothers in clinical roles. The Mothers in Medicine Fund is a part of the Zora Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to creating opportunities for women in the healthcare industry. Whew. Kat is a busy woman, and I am so excited that she took time out to hop on the Super Expander podcast and share her wisdom with you. Hello, hello, super expanders. How are you doing? I hope that you are having an amazing day wherever you are listening and listening in and, and catching this episode. You are in for such a treat. Meet Kat McDavid. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> I am often called a spitfire, and I um I personally am always like a little shocked when people say that, but it happens so much that it might be like, you know, that story when when it, when if someone just keeps calling you an asshole, you might actually be an asshole. So this might actually, maybe I am a Spitfire. But a Spitfire is a good thing. At least is that is that a negative thing? I'm so, no, no, so, no. I hope it's not. Gosh, I don't I don't, think if, that. if 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 it is, I'm sorry. That's not what I would. Well, ever... if, if it is a, if it is a negative thing, I'm called it so often that I should just accept it in whatever form it is. So <laughs> I think I think it's like a compliment because, and it's funny. So I don't plan these introductions, right? It just comes out of like exactly how I feel about the person that I'm sitting with. And that's truly when I first met you, I was like, oh my gosh, she has got a fire in her belly and a passion in her heart. And this woman is, she's doing some serious things in this world. So I was super excited. I've been curious about a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. And that's why I knew, I was like, oh, I like that. I like this woman. We need to be friends and I need to share her. You're like, oh no, I, I didn't sign up for this friendship. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm in, I'm in for Ryan. <laughs> so we share a, a mutual friend, Ryan, and that was the glue that brought us together. And I, I adore her. So I'm really excited to be able to have this conversation with you. And of course, I was giving a little bit of background before I hit record. So she knows I'm going deep guys. And because then you guys know that, that this is where we go straight off the bat, but can you share with us exactly 
in the core of your being, who is Kat? You made me a little nervous when you when you gave me a preview on that question a few minutes ago. I was like, shit, who is Kat? <laughs> but no, I would say, I mean, honestly, I think at the core, um, I am, I'm someone who just really wants to do something big, right? And I have a massive inferiority complex. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you pair those two things together and I think you get like a very high energy driven person who is constantly worried about failure, right? So like, I'm just, constantly running, always running, trying to do amazing things. Um, and sometimes that's a really great and productive thing. And sometimes it's really uh, quite terrible personally and professionally. Yeah, so, so yeah, <laughs> we have to dance with our polarities, right? You have to be able to dance. So if, if the running from the failure is creating what you are doing in this world, which she's doing big things, friends, she's doing big things. So if that is what fuels you, then I say, while I'm always down for all of the healing, I also think that we have to have something that fuels us really in a big way. And I mean, you, you kind of just described it. Failure, you know, that's, that's, it's one form of rocket fuel, right? <laughs> It absolutely is. We're either we're either running from pain or running towards pleasure. So, or maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think there's both involved, but I think definitely the running from is is uh, definitely a thing. Constantly looking over my shoulder, uh, for sure. But yeah, I, I, I in general have big feelings too, right? I've always been told I kind of have a high energy uh, situation going on, but yeah, I think that you know, both the wanting to be able to say I did something good in the world um, and and not wanting to, not wanting anyone to have ever been right about me not being good enough. <laughs> it definitely drives me. Oh, I, I feel like we can even break that down a little bit. That's not really a fear of failure. That is a deep desire to win. And now, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, that's true, right? There's a, so, you know, fear of failure, right? Uh, sure. But yeah, I definitely... I, you know, I, I don't even know where this came from in my life. You know, I, I, I grew up, like I had like an amazing childhood, right. It wasn't anything like that, but I think I was just, I've always been worried, um, that I can't do something. And so I continuously take on projects, like almost proving that I can, which is how I now, you know, run a consulting practice and have a nonprofit <laughs> all the things, whatever the hell else, you know? So yeah, that's, that's just what happens. So I think you just touched on something that I think is huge. Uh, in terms of people who are doing big things, high performers, the, there's a differentiating piece there because you could have that fear of not being able to do something and then actually not do anything. Or you can have that fear of a failure and not being able to do something and deciding that you're going to dive all in and just do the darn thing, which is what you consistently do on a daily basis. Some defense mechanisms that I've built into that too, where like I, I've I've already I've already seen my failure when I take things on. Like I've already thought this is how bad it could be, right? Um, and then so once you know if something doesn't really go my way, or like you know I've already imagined the ten thousand scenarios in, in which I will fail, right? Um, and so if one of those happens, like I've already got it, like I've already figured out how I'm going to move forward. Um, and then the the other thing that I think has been helpful, perhaps not like super healthy. Um, is whenever, you know, whenever I encounter something that didn't go well or whatever, you know, I'll call my parents, right? <laughs> As one does. And my dad <laughs> is like, he, there's some quote from like some John Wayne, old tiny Western movie. 
Um, and he's gonna be mad that I don't remember what it is. And he's always like, Catherine, looking back is a bad idea. Or like, something like that, something like that. So I'm always like, all right, just gotta be moving forward at all times, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope he says it with that like sort of mystery to it. Looking back is a bad idea. Yeah, maybe it's a bad <laughs> habit. I can't remember. He's gonna be mad that I screwed up. But yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. He does kind of say it like that. <laughs> I love that. I feel like, can I have your dad's phone number for the next time yeah. I encounter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I say like, I wouldn't call them the most amazing pep talks ever, but it's more like you just need to get your ass up and move forward, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sometimes that's the kind of pep talk we all we all need, right? Yeah. I respond better to those kinds of pep talks, right? So yeah. Yeah. Rather than the, oh, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Because sometimes it's not gonna be okay, right? Sometimes it's not gonna be okay unless you actually do the following things, right? Yeah, so you have might to make, as well, might as well make, get started. Make it so, right? You have to make yeah. it so. <laughs> Okay. So you just, the, it was a big reveal, right? You, you yeah. just said a little, like a few moments ago, you have a nonprofit and you run your own company. Yes. Yes. Well, I, um, I now have a business partner, right? So I'm, um, I run a practice within that consulting firm, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. It's pretty so cool. You, you have help, but still. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a little bit, it's a little bit, it's, a, it's, uh, sometimes it's, you know, um, I'm sure everyone, everyone is like, like me and wakes up at three in the morning and thinks about all the things that, um, are stressing them out. Right. And does math in their head. And it's like not productive. Um, but sometimes I lay there at 3am thinking, Oh, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) But during the daytime, I feel pretty great about it all. Yeah. It's a, it's those things you just like throw yourself into it. I, I, feel that one to my core. Many a times you're, you're made the commitment to do something and you're like, that really seemed like an amazing idea when I made that big commitment. And now I'm yeah. let everybody know that I'm doing this big thing. Yeah. guess I have to keep going. You know, and the, 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 one of the things that I think is the scariest about all of that is just like, is you know, everybody, everybody knows you're doing it right. Everybody's watching. So back to the whole inferiority complex thing. Um, but then once you start hiring people on, right. Like people's entire family lives are connected to your success, right? Just kind of keeps, keeps piling on. That's something that I always stress about too. Like, oh, you know, you don't want to make the wrong move. Oh my goodness. But you know what? There are no wrong moves because we, we just get to pivot no matter That's what. right. And looking back is a bad habit, right? So, you know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We just, I think we are done here. <laughs> the end. The end, exactly. Okay. So you, you have this, you have a company in, yep. in Santa. It, I'm not going to make sure Senna. I say it. Yeah. In Senna. I always want to say with like the wrong inflection there. Oh, but. I know everyone so, does, you know, so much um, for, for it originally being a, a marketing agency, right. And naming my own company it to it, something that people can't say. Right. Yeah. No, you can say that. <laughs> this is just me. I just want to make sure I, I have a, I, I have a fear of saying names. I'll just like oh, put this too. out there. And I have a fear of saying it wrong, which is as we're talking about fears, I'll share mine and I don't want to say it wrong. So then as soon as I start to say, it, I'm like, Oh God, I think I'm saying it. Oh, wrong. I know. I know. No, um, no, it, you're, you're totally good. Yeah. It's in so in Senna, let's talk about that for a minute. So you have a business partner, you're in the midst of growing this company. And so tell us about the company and when was the moment inside that you're like, I should also start a nonprofit. A little bit of a journey. Yeah. I'll try to condense it into something that, um, is gonna, is gonna keep everyone's attention. 
because <laughs> it could be long. But yeah, so so I've always been a consultant, right? And and when you're a consultant working for a consultancy, kind of your big step is to have your own, right? So I did that, and then um, my business partner, who's actually now the CEO um, of the company, she uh, we worked together previously, and we were both kind of on our own, and we're doing stuff. Um, and so I founded it. I was the CEO, and then I fell in love with one of my clients. I know. I know. Uh, and so I sold it to her and I went and I, I took this big time um, hot shit startup job. I was the, I was in the C-suite and I did a lot of not just marketing because Insana is originally just a marketing and communications agency. Um, so I was a CMO and then I also took on a lot of policy work. So government as a customer, how do you go to market, blah, 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 boring, boring uh, corporate speak. Um, but we had, we had a great exit about a year ago. Um, and then, um, so that was, that was a great, lovely experience and gave me the means to do some things. Right. And so I ended up coming back to Insana and started a new practice there. Um, kind of, kind of bought back into the agency, started a practice that was focused on just that, the combination of marketing, go to market, and then, um, government as customer policy and things like that. Um, so like kind of rapidly build a practice just because I had a reputation at that point for doing things. It's kind of like will and a glass of water, right? <laughs> a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people knew me, but it's not a really big world. Um, so, so, you know, pretty successful and that was cool. Um, but as part of that, I mean, honestly, Corey, um, I think, um, that was such a bender working at that startup, right? It was like so intense. I mean, I work a lot in general, but um, there was again the feel of failure here. Like I sold my agency to be there, right? I like I had I did, I did not have a backup if it failed, and so I kind of put my whole universe into making that a successful endeavor as much as I could at, as one contributor and part of that team. Um, and so when it sold, it was kind of like it was over, right? Like and so like I I really kind of went through quite a quite a mental space there for a while where I. I really didn't know what I wanted or what I wanted to do. And so, but I did know, um, you know, as always, I wanted to do something really good. And I fortunately, because of that exit, had the means to do something good. So I started the Mothers in Medicine Fund, uh, which like a very simple concept, right? It's it's focused on my industry, the healthcare industry. Um, and it was obviously we're still in a pandemic, but um then um, you know, we didn't even have vaccines yet, right? It was, it was right when things were really rolling out. And you saw all these clinician moms, like, you know, the videos leaving their kids in other, you know, other people's houses for months while they went to work so they didn't give their kid COVID, right? Um, and there was really no support for any of these women working on the front line in terms of childcare, right? That just never really came through in any of the relief packages. Um, so what the Mothers in Medicine Fund does is it gives out flat grants to clinician moms. It's first come, first serve. Um, and it, it pays for a month, about a month, we kind of average it out across the country um, of childcare. And they're just, I mean, it's their cash grants, right? It's nothing like no one has to write me a freaking essay about why they deserve this, right? Like we all know they need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it was just kind of like a really good thing that I could get done really well. It's direct action. You know, it's not, it's something that can immediately help, or at least I feel like immediately helps um, a lot of moms who are in a tough place doing good stuff. So so there's that. Um, we have a, our parent foundation is the Zoria Foundation, which um, works on opportunities for a lot of different um, uh, healthcare initiatives for women in, in a lot of different positions. So both corporate and clinical. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what's going on. So it's been a labor of love. I didn't know that it was going to be more than me just sending out money, like my own money. Um, and it turns out, um, I you know I like just kind of go on these random social media events and um ask people for money on linkedin and twitter and it turns out people actually donated right <laughs> like, like what 
so they, you know, like all of a sudden people actually started like sending us some money, right? So we got donations in and it's now become like an actual thing uh, that, um, you know, we still, we still get most of our donations just from social media, just from um, asking people to help at certain times of the year. And, um, and yeah, so yeah, now we have a thing. And, and, and the reason we now have our umbrella company, Zoria Foundation, um, which is, you know, also, also my thing, but is so that we can have funds that are focused on um, different areas of the healthcare sector to be helpful. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing. I listen to podcasts in the morning while I'm working out um, that I type in the search bar, how to run a nonprofit. <laughs> I listen, Corey, like I am a for-profit kind of girl, right? Like yeah. this is not an area I know, like the idea of like nonprofit, like, you know, not really my jam. Um, so I'm learning, I'm learning a lot. And, you know, back to the whole feel of fear of failure. I'm like, I better really figure this out. <laughs> right. <laughs> So inside of just the most amazing story, you have shared so much gold. One is when you were in the startup phase of with that company, something that I think is so important. So many people leave, I guess, one foot out the door, they mm. leave a safety net. And I, I have to, I have to assume a big portion of that kind of success inside of their outside of your skill and your talent and your wisdom and all of the things and the energy and all the things that you bring to it. The aspect of going all in is so, so important. It is important. And it's so scary too. Like I'll say like my actions were very much all in, right. I worked all the time. I, I took on, you know, I, I built a whole like government relations team. We didn't even have that. Right. Like um, I did a lot of really hard things there and I worked really, really hard and I really did believe, but I will say in my mind, probably as a defense mechanism, like I was always thinking about like, again, if this goes bad, what am I going to do? Right. So I, I will, I would bet you the CEO of that company would say she was always one foot out the door, right? <laughs> she was always thinking about what she was going to do, but it's like, that's uh, unfortunately one of my bad habits, I think is. Constantly uh, or it might sure. just be that's how, you know that's like a cat, how you have cat-like reflexes too maybe I don't but, know I don't know so something else that you said when you were talking just now actually and in the growth of of your nonprofit is that you don't know what you're doing right oh, a, yeah. none of us do but the defining difference I think about people who do big things and create big success is that is not a limiting factor, right? Because we can, we get to do things, we get to do them over if it's not exactly how it's supposed to be, but you can also seek outside answers, whether that's from Google, which that's pretty much how I live my life. I'm like Google and I, I Google all the answers and then and you filter through. <laughs> A lot of answers. Right? It is true. <laughs> Google the answers. And in the search bar of the podcast, how to run a nonprofit. That's, I mean, I've definitely been there, not Googling how to run a nonprofit, but how to do the thing, how, how to do the thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, yeah. Like with just figuring it out, like, I, I feel like there, you know, there, there's a certain group of the population that really can figure that out. Like they can do all those things. They can take on hard things and just learn. Um, obviously it's cool if you're an expert too. Like that's totally great. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons I think our consultancy, um, our for-profit consultancy is successful, right? Because both me and Leslie, my business partner, this is what we grew up doing, right? We know how to be consultants. We know how to set hourly rates. We know how to do margins, right? We, yeah. we understand client services, but on the other side of that, I think a lot of what I experienced at this startup, right? Where there was so much new stuff going on um, that I had to figure out was that 
if you have a big problem, you can kind of stare at it and be like, oh shit, that is a big problem. I'm just going to stare at it. Right. And I'm going to be freaked out and stress the hell out. But you can take, like, I think how I address big problems like that, and it's kind of the same thing with the Zoria Foundation and the Mothers of Medicine Fund is just, you know, people do this all the time, right? Like opening up a company. I remember thinking that was going to be really hard. Um, and it's not, right? <laughs> the government actually makes it quite easy to, to set up an LLC or, or a, 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 a lots of different types of business structures, right? And you kind of have to Google it and just figure it out, right? And just do yeah. it. And, and as you do it, you figure out, oh, this isn't so bad. Um, and I can do this. And the other thing that I've learned, um, you know, and, and I was thinking about this. So, so I did your breathwork session, right? Um, and just thinking about, you know, how I tackle these big challenges and these ridiculous goals I've set for myself that I always stress about. And like, it's, it's all about people, right? Um, if you're a good person and you want to do cool stuff and um, you help people out, like people will help you out too. Uh, and the amount of advice I've gotten, like, like free consulting advice that I definitely should have paid people for about like what to do with a nonprofit, how to do it, um, you know, what things I'm going to run into. It's been incredible, right? And these are people who just come out of the woodwork or they're people who I didn't know had that expertise. And so um, I think surrounding yourself with good people and just like not being an asshole, you know, it's pretty key. Yeah. All, all, the, all the secrets to life. Am right I like a curse on this? I'm sorry. I yeah, yeah. Do you, do, right. you drop, <laughs> want to drop, do you drop the F-bomb now? Oh, oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, that might come too. <laughs> so I, before I ask you the, the, the big, big question, I'd love to hear even just like a little story of someone inside of the nonprofit, the moms in medicine, how this has really shifted their life. Because I feel like there's endless stories, but I feel like at least sharing one to just let everybody know how this passion project of yours essentially has taken on such a massive life of its own. And it's doing so much good in the world. I have a question for you. Have you joined the super expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. So, so I'll say this beforehand. So I have a few published videos um, of moms who have come forward and said they wanted to talk about their experience. Um, but we we tell any applicant, any any grantee um, that we will absolutely keep their information confidential. Right? We would never share their story without their permission. So um, the ones that I'm sharing are ones that like we have gotten permission for. But um, but one was for um, we we sent out a grant to uh, a respiratory therapist uh, in. Um, rural area of the Southeast, a critical access hospital. And, um, and she um, kind of reached out and, you know, you know, I'll say at first, Corey, you know, we didn't really have like a super like high end professional situation going on. Right. We were kind of like Venmoing people that thousand dollars. Right. So yes. it was a little weird when we reach out and we didn't have emails set up. Right. So we were emailing from, you know, our private emails and things like that. So um, I remember she was a little bit like, huh? And, <laughs> 
And then, you know, it all worked out. The money actually did go to her bank account. It was used, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a scam. Yeah. And, she's uh, like, oh no, is this one yeah, of those cash, cash app like, scams? She like, yeah. She's like, I just want to, I just want to talk to you about this. And, you know, she was, she was saying, you know, it was the pandemic. Um, her husband had lost his job. Um, they were, they were trying to do some different things with, um, the, the, uh, school at home, right. Homeschooling. Well, I, my brain is so fried from homeschooling still. I can't remember what it's called. Um, <laughs> and, and she was really struggling to make ends meet, right. Had a younger child at home who did need to go to daycare. Um, and she was like, just that, like the one month off from having to take care of this massive amount of money that I have to send for daycare. I mean, we all know, like we say it's a thousand dollars here. Like I paid, I mean, an outrageous amount of money uh, for you know consistent reliable daycare here. So you know it's it's a good chunk of money, but it's probably not enough to cover in many parts of the country. Um, yeah, and and her story was just that hey, I I was able to like not have to work so many additional hours that month that I could um, spend some time with my older son who really needed help studying and was struggling from the social isolation. Uh, it gave her husband a little bit of a break, and he eventually he was able to kind of restart a business. Um, mm. and, and make ends meet that way. So, you know, I mean, you can't say it was, it definitely didn't change anyone's lives. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a month off from, from finding that money, but it gave her enough, um, of a platform to start moving forward without such extreme stress. Oh, I mean, I think that is life-changing. Yeah. And I think the kind of something I hear inside of that story too, I mean, you could, come into a windfall, but that doesn't always solve the problem, right? Because this right. provided enough space, breathing space to help find the solution for yourself, which is really important. Right, right. I totally agree. And then um, we've also had a few moms who are um, residents, uh, physician, becoming physicians and their residents. And, and um, I mean, the debt burden uh, for medical school is just outrageous and residents don't make a lot of money, right? Yeah. And, um, and so it's really difficult. And you've probably seen some of these stories that uh, there are a lot of women who have to delay having children um, just because the, the work demands they have are so high, or the debt constraints are really high. Um, and so there's like a lot of infertility issues um, that, that unfortunately many female doctors or women doctors have to go through. And so we, uh, we had a few grant recipients who um, were, were residents uh, or recently you know, started practicing and, um, you know, for them too, it was like, it was just like, for them, uh, two of the women, and then there are videos on our website about it, about them, but um, th their thing was like, yes, obviously the money's helpful, but like someone sees us, right? Like someone sees that this is a horrible problem um, and it's not fair, right? Uh, and so it just made them feel like, you know, it's like kind of a little bit of a mental health group, like someone cares yes. about us. Yeah. Being, being seen, yeah. heard yeah. and yeah. understood is huge. And then you take it a step further and advocate. So that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And, and I'll, I'll stop getting off my soapbox here in a little bit, but even like, I mean, I care about childcare in general in the U S I mean, it's like total, like it's, it's the worst, right? It's when I, you know, I'm not a clinician. Um, and I was just a PR girl back when I had my voice. Right. So no one was going to die. I always say like, no one's going to die. If I didn't make it up to my computer before market opened to send a press release. Right. Like no one was going to die. Um, if my voice was sick or something like that, but like, it's different if you're a clinician, like you, you, you have, uh, you know, things are, things are more important. It's more important for you to be at work than it is for me. But I remember spending almost all of my take-home pay on daycare for my two boys. Right. Like it's, it sucks. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's an issue that I, I think a lot of people just brush under the covers and they just say, oh, well, like everyone deals with it. It's fine. Um, but it's not fine. It's not no. fine. It holds a lot of people back. A lot of women drop out of the workforce during that period of their lives. Right. Because yeah, you're barely, you're barely covering daycare. 
Why go yeah. to work and be away from your children for however many hours you work a week and, you know, barely have enough money to do anything else? Yeah, it starts to not be, make any sense. But then, of course, the flip side to that, too, is if you don't stay in the workforce and then you try to reenter once your kids are older, then you're dealing with a whole other yep. another problem. Oh, in addition to the mental health things that you experience, because, I mean, some people, some women, that's exactly what they desire is to be stay-at-home moms. Yep. But not all of us are really cut out for that particular job. You, you want to have some other part of yourself that you're pouring into, nurturing, growing, that you're contributing to. And so being able to do that is such a huge piece of mental health. And I think full circle on that is what, if that's the person and the type of personality that you are, that's what helps you to show up as the best mom that you possibly can be, which then means we're raising a more well-adjusted, well-loved, well-supported generation. I agree. I totally 100% am with you on that. I think that what, what I would like, like in an ideal world, I just, I would love for women to have the opportunity to do whatever the hell they want to do, right? If you want to, if you want to be a killer and go work a bajillion hours a week, like I did, you should be able to do that, right? If you want to stay home with your kids, you should be able to do that. If you want to work half time, you should be able to do it. And unfortunately, we live in the United States of America. I shouldn't say that because I do love my country. But um, unfortunately, we live in a country that that does not address um, a lot of the, the constraints around um, mothers in the workforce. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we could launch a whole tour on that, whole, like the permission slip tour. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Coming up next. Coming up next. Yeah. <laughs> so, inside of all of this, the growth in your life, the growth in your company, the growth in, in this nonprofit of really making an impact for women in medicine, there had to have been someone along the way that's been a super expander for you, someone who has really shown you that all of this is possible, or really just been. A, a pivotal piece in all this. I'd love if you could share a super expander story for everyone. Yeah, I'm sure everyone says this, but there are so many people, and it's true. There are so many people, right? So many. Um, but I, I'll say, um, and there, I, I've actually talked about um, this individual um, a few, like you know, in some some interviews I've had over the past few years. Like, you know, how are you? How did you become successful? Um, but it's but it's all pretty much true. So there's a woman um, named Miriam Paramore. Uh, she's a total boss. Uh, she um, she actually recently retired, but I don't believe her. <laughs> she was the oh, chief one of strategy those. officer <laughs> of, a, of a company in our sector called, called Optimize RX. But I met her um, years and years before when I when I was kind of like a I was like a, I would call myself a cub, right? I was pretty new to the workforce. I'd had a little bit of experience, but um, I was a new consultant, and she was um, a big deal at a very large client of mine. Um, and I do not know why. But she was always consistently and very kind to me um, and, and included me in a lot of things that like she didn't have to, right? Um, and, and I did good work. I was confident. I think she liked that. I think she saw that I had a lot of potential, um, but kind of just adopted me, uh, honestly. And, um, you know, even from a, from a very uh, early part in my career, included me in things that, that um, she didn't have to, right? Um, especially, you know, I was, I was her vendor, technically, right? So... Um, she, even, even not just exposing me to different people in different situations, being able to watch her, right. Because, you know, I, I, I say I work in healthcare, but my niche is even smaller, right. It's, it's healthcare technology, right. It's digital health. Um, so when I talk about it being a whale in a glass of water, it's real. 
Um, and there weren't and still aren't very many women in leadership positions. And so, you know, you see, you see a lot of, you know, the typical demographic in leadership positions, um, you know, very often white men um, who were great, whatever, but I didn't see a lot of people who looked like me. Um, and Miriam was someone who looked like me and was in, um, and it was in those positions. And I saw her handle things that are really hard. And, and, you know, now there's a lot of awareness around microaggressions and how women can be, can be marginalized in very subtle ways. There wasn't back then. So things like being cut off in a meeting was very normal and you almost didn't recognize it, right? It was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that just is something that happens to me. Um, but I remember watching Miriam, I remember watching someone try to cut her off and her just stopping and saying, I, I'm not finished. And ta- like things like that, that now seem like, oh, that's what they teach all of us to do. It wasn't something they taught us back then. Um, and being able to see her in hard situations where someone maybe, you know, it's kind of stole her idea, you know, but three minutes after she said it, but for her to repeat it again in a way that, um, that, you know, like gave credit back to her and watching her always give other women opportunities, I think was definitely kind of absolutely shaped my career and shaped how, um, how I want to do good in the world. Right. I mean, I think evidenced by, um, the nonprofit, right. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the things we do with our consultancy. So she's been incredible. Um, not only introduced me to a wild pack of women who remain some of my, um, my, my best buddies, um, but just kind of being an amazing example, if that makes sense. Mm, I think we all need one of her in our lives. We all need a Mir- Everybody does need a Miriam. Everybody needs um, a Miriam. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you were so fortunate to have her. And then of course, I'm sure all of the people that she introduced you to, it's amazing. Absolutely. How, I mean, I'm sure there's like this magnetic thing that happens when someone is that kind of a beacon, the people that they attract into their, their lives are always just ugh, the best people ever. Uh, it, yes. <laughs> and fun, good people too. Uh, and I'll say that, um, you know, even, even more than introductions and, and all that, like she's, she was always around and remains always around for me to be like, Hey, I'm doing this hard thing that I signed up for. Didn't really think about it before I signed up for it. Like, what do you think? Right. And just always willing to kind of throw down some advice, even if it's not advice, right? Like sometimes she has no idea what, what I've thrown myself into. Right. And it's more just let me kind of like, you know, a good friend to walk through and like someone who you trust to give you honest feedback is awesome. Uh, Best thing ever. Really, really truly is. And a strong, a strong woman, a strong example. Gosh. Yeah, well, and someone too, um, and I've I've told um, this story um, as well, so she'll she'll probably be annoyed. I I continue to tell it, but um, yeah, someone who can be honest with you and just tell you like, what the hell did you just do, right? Like what what and and then like, and just trusting that person enough to have your best interest at heart that you're like you can take that feedback. Um, I Miriam one time, um, another mutual friend of ours was going through a hard time. And, you know, I was in this corporate vendor phase where I was like working nonstop. And I think I was like in like Nevada or something. I don't know. I was like, I was doing something ridiculous. And, um, and she called to tell me um, how she put it was you have food on your face and I'm telling you, you have food on your face and you can't see it. Uh, and I was like, um, and I, I think I was actually on like a large packed shuttle bus to the airport. And she's like telling me this and I'm like embarrassed. Right. Uh, and she was like, you know, our, our friend had a hard time and like clearly needed, needed you and you, you weren't there. Right. And, and like, you look like a fool basically. And I was like, fuck, 
right? She was right, right? She's right. And um, and like, but a like a gift of someone like that in your life who can tell you when you screwed up is like amazing. Yes, they can call you out with with love, right? Yeah, yeah, it was love. And and she didn't do it. I mean, I was on a crowded shuttle bus, but she had no idea. She wasn't like, she wasn't being an asshole to me. She wasn't calling me out in front of a bunch of people. She was just like, hey, I'm calling you to tell you that like you could have been a better person there. And I would like you to be a better person in the future. Yeah, it's awesome. Feel that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. There's so many people though, you know, that um, yeah, I think I think if you and again, I don't want to say it's like, you know, tit for tat or quid pro quo or anything like that, but I think if you if you help people out, like people do help you out, right? I've had so many, so many um amazing people who have introduced me to the right people or kind of believed in me. And um, I mean, the the person who introduced me to Ryan as an example, like. Um, totally a super expander. And um, sometimes I'm like, do I even deserve all of this person has done for me? Right. And Ryan's a super expander, right? She introduced me to you. I mean, there's just, there's just, it's just cool kind of being on that journey and seeing where things take you or where people take you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think you nailed it there with a, when you show up and you give and you give without agenda, that's the kind of thing that really truly does actually happen. People are good people. People like to help other people. And when you show up and give from the bottom of your heart with goodness, people rise to the occasion and give back. They want to give back. They do want to give back. Yeah. And I would like when someone does something amazing for me, you know, or even just like, you know, they, they were, we really enjoyed hanging out with each other or something like that. Like I want to help them too. So yeah. um, it is amazing kind of where we're just being a good human can take you. It's, it's, I'm kind of mind-blowing sometimes. It is. I feel like this whole entire podcast is literally just solving the problems of the world. <laughs> Who knew? Well, no. Just just get the two of us together for a conversation. You know, it's hard because I, I, I've talked to a few people like that. Um, so so I, I've said um, to a, a number of people, like one, I, I feel like the more I give, the more I get, which sounds shitty, right? It sounds like I'm doing it just to get something, but um, whether it's, um, helping someone out, like writing someone a reference letter or, you know, being a reference, introducing people, um, giving away money to a bunch of moms. Right. I feel like the more good stuff that I do, um, like the more it opens up my world and I can't say it gives me more money. Right. But it gives me, it makes my world bigger, um, which is cool. And if you're that, if you know, if you're an aggressive capitalist, like I may or may not be, <laughs> um, <laughs> You can turn opportunities into very profitable endeavors, right? Or you can just have like a, you can just have a fulfilled life and enjoy meeting all those interesting humans. So yeah, but the secret there, I think you just know that is that when you give not to get, like you do get, and that just, just happens the the yeah, it's a yeah. byproduct. But when you give with the agenda to get, then it doesn't always work. It doesn't work out that way specifically. Yeah. In fact, like there have been a few times where, um, you know, in consulting, um, where I, you know, I have been in situations where I'm like, Hey, I, I did like this person a huge favor, um, multiple times. And they're just like, not like, you know, I was, I was, I was assuming that it was going to come back to me in some sort of like contract type of way. Um, and it didn't. And, um, and, but what's, what's, what sucks about like the first couple of times I had that experience, like when you were expecting something is, like looking back, I know that if, like, if I had just been cool and waited for a year or so, like it actually would have turned into something, but because I was a shit about it, it didn't. Right. Um, so I, I, I agree with you on that for sure. You gotta, you have to give and just give to be a good human. Yeah. And release. Yeah. Uh, so, so much gold and in, in all the things that you're saying. <laughs> 
so. so you could just be saying that, but uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. receive that, receive that. There's <laughs> yeah. So in all the things that you're you're doing, these big achievements, these this big life that you're creating, there has to be something, a feeling that you're reaching for on a daily basis. Cause I kind of, it, it goes hand in hand with the idea of when we give without the agenda to get, when we're reaching for something, when it's rooted in things, oftentimes that's just, it's just not enough. It's a feeling that we need to be reaching for. So what is your North star? My North star, this is might sound like a little hokey um but I mean I'm kind of into that stuff so um so right like kind of before I started I, I I started a family um I remember thinking like you know I went through I guess it was a quarter life crisis I don't really know I guess it depends on how long people live these days but I was thinking like what really matters here like what do I like when I die what what do I want to say happened right and then maybe this is getting like a little too weird I don't know um but I decided there were, there were probably only a few things that really mattered, right? You could say like having children, bringing good people in the world matters. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot that, that, uh, the humans can do, uh, to leave a mark on the world and, um, kind of where like my, my kind of like my, my positioning statement, my personal positioning statement is, you know, like I was talking about before, when you're looking at a big problem, it's really hard to, to take it on, but if you can mm-hmm. split it up, right. If you can take on little things, like you can break down a big problem. And so the area that I'm best positioned to be really helpful in, and it is an area I believe in, is I'm really great at um, digital health, at healthcare tech, right? At, at like making that part of our of our country and of our world, like a really effective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I, and, and there's a lot that goes to that, right? Like, how do I make an impact there? So listen, I'm not a technologist. Like I'm not going to go write some fucking code that's amazing and like blow everyone's minds out. Like it's not going to happen. But what I can do is I can make sure that there are more women in leadership positions so that we have broader opinion sets that we truly do have the best people to solve those big problems. Um, and then they might not be white men whose wives can stay at home, right? It might it might be me, it might be you, it might be someone who's, who's just graduating who is going to end up having a big old family and wants to keep working. Um, so I can position more women for those positions and more good people for those positions. Um, I also, through a lot of the consulting work I do, I can get the right programs in place to make a difference there. Like I can make uh, this country's healthcare system work better in my own way. So um, I'd say like my big feeling, because I have a lot of big feelings, and my biggest feeling is I want to be able to look back and say I did more than profit off of this industry. I want to be able to say like Kat McDavid made that better and here's how she did it. Mm. Yeah, chills. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, when you're thinking about healthcare technology, how could you not think chills? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, well on your way. You're doing it. So, mm. so, so good. I mean, well, I mean, this whole thing could fail, right? I mean, again, I've thought of the 3,000 ways in which my nonprofit may fail. <laughs> <laughs> Consulting business and everything else. Oh. How do you have time to, when we're thinking, you're thinking about the ways that it could possibly fail, how do you find the time to, to execute all the strategies that make it succeed? <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know. I think I just, I think I um, sleep less than most people probably. 
Uh, you yeah. know, I think <laughs> big achievers, high performers, I always say this, you guys are all made of something fabric, something a little different. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do, I do have a lot of energy. I have more energy than most people. And I don't really know why, um, but it does seem to be that way. Uh, so. you're, you're lucky, lucky, lucky woman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like I said, there isn't a lot of sleep. So, so for all of the, the people listening that have their big ideas, their big goals turning in their mind, what would be any sort of like a juicy nugget of advice? I mean, this whole entire podcast is like, you should probably listen to it 15 times. If this is you trying to create something big, but if you could condense it into like, I don't know, the golden nugget, <laughs> what would it be? I have one piece of advice for people kind of taking this stuff on. I'm trying to like, okay. I think, I think if I, cause I'm trying to think of like what I would tell myself. Um, I think I would tell myself, you can actually do everything you want to do. Um, and you can figure it out. <sighs> That's, yeah. so that's, that's the mantra you also have to repeat to yourself every time you start to think about that failure. <laughs> I know, yeah, I'm like coaching myself. I mean, the, the second piece could be looking back as a bad habit, right? It's like, it's like, hey, just, just keep moving forward. I actually think there's a lot of like, I mean, that's that's an adorable, funny thing that my dad tells me, but, and and I do, I do respond well to that kind of feedback, but I actually think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good that can come from like examining your mistakes and like kind of not obsessing over things that went wrong, but like really saying like, okay, this is where I, yeah, this is where I missed steps. That's, yeah. That's where you get to refine, edit and move forward. Right? Yeah, I did. I did crash. So last time you told me that is I crashed my husband's Land Rover, uh, <laughs> which was a major bummer, you know, and you're like going through everything you, you did when you, when you had the accident. Right. Uh, and so a situation like that, yeah. Like looking back to bad idea, just move forward, get the just, thing done. Yeah. Like everything was fine. Um, yeah, you still don't have that. your land rover back from the shop, but Hey, they didn't total it. So that was cool. But, um, you, you know, but I, I do think, you know, especially in, in a business like I'm in, that's a relationship business. Like you do have to, you have to, you have to look at where you screwed up. But. Of course. Yeah. And we have to be able to do that and honor it and take responsibility and switch and do, do all the things. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But I would say you, you, do you can do everything you want to do um because you know back to my inferiority complex and all those things like um and I think a lot of a lot of people it doesn't matter what gender you are either like you're starting out and you know things there's a lot you don't know um you can figure it out you can figure it out absolutely it's all figure figure outable I think that was a yes. Marie Forleo's line right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's all figure outable. Okay. So for everyone listening who is now super inspired and they want to donate to your nonprofit to help the moms in medicine, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah. So the easiest place to um, learn about the fund uh, and, and donate money is mothersinmedicine.org. Um, yep. Amazing. And it's a, listen, I have made the ability to give us money so seamless. <laughs> kinds of buttons you can click there uh, to make it happen. But yeah, you can, you can um, hear some of the stories about the, the mothers who did receive grants. Um, you can kind of just you know, see some of the issues with the industry that we're trying to address, but yeah, mothersinmedicine.org. Absolutely. And of course, that'll be in the show notes for everyone to find so that they can reach out and support this very worthy cause. Thank you. I appreciate you being here today for sharing this conversation, for sharing all of your wisdom and, and of course, all the laughs. <laughs> yeah. So my mom has told me before on podcasts that I laugh too much. So back to some women that'll give you feedback. <laughs> 
all the time. It's terrible. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> Laughing is infectious. Um, and I think that it's, you know, it makes other people, it makes them laugh. It brightens your day. It feels good. Burns extra calories. I mean, come on, we're doing a lot of good things here during this podcast. Oh, shit. All right. That's good. That's good. I'll keep doing it then. <laughs> Goodness. I, I thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. You're a busy woman. So I just am so grateful that you were able, we were able to do this. Thank you. You know how hard it is to not ask you questions back? Like, oh, who was your super expander? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to make an episode one time where it's like, yeah, I can interview turn. you. I can interview you. Listen, it'll be great. It'll be great. There'll probably be more curse words, but it is going to be fantastic. Oh, I can, I can bring them. I can bring them. It'll be kind of like the powder, powder puff game or right. Isn't that what it was? <laughs> was in high school? Did you ever do that where you went oh, and it was like the yeah, football yeah, players yeah. played the cheerleaders or something or like, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Um, I, I, I was in a very rural community, so I think our field hockey team, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if we had like real cheerleaders or anything, but yeah, they, they went in and they played football though. Yeah, they were pretty tough. So yeah, we had to flip the script, right? There wasn't a lot of powder puffing going on. There was a lot of, a lot of bruises, but. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Very much appreciate you guys check out the show notes so that you can hop on over and contribute to moms in medicine. And I will Catch you on the next episode. Thank you, Corey. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media. 